Not much. Thanks for uh, accommodating me at this time. Oh, of course, of course. Well, what, let me uh, start off by uh, welcoming everybody to Unscripted Violence. It's me, Stagger Lee, along with J-Dog. Yes, Let's do it. What do you got in way of news for us this week? Uh, we're going to do the AEW news more as we do the show, because a lot of it's tied into what a show this was. <laughs> for, yeah. For my, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but... Uh, I thought it was funny. What did you call it? You called it uh, WWE DX? Yeah, WWDXE or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious because uh, Jeff Jarrett was let go of his role that Vince McMahon put him in before he left. Of, uh, I think it was something about, I forget what his role was, but it was like talent or uh, live shows or something like that. But Road Dog. Yeah, something like in-, in charge of live events, I yeah, think. Something like that. But uh, Road Dog Jesse James was hired back uh, to the company, which I thought was was really funny. I mean, he used to be the the lead writer on SmackDown and was in creative, and then was let go. And then he openly was begging Tony Khan for a job. Um, wow. Tony Khan, I guess, declined or didn't talk to him or didn't reach out. But I mean, he was openly on Twitter. Like, there's tweets where he's like, "I'm begging for a job. Let me let me help you help your product." And uh, Tony never hired him. Don't know why. I'm sure Tony has his reasons, but uh, he's back in the WWE. So now you got Shawn Michaels, got the big promotion, uh, Triple H. And you can really tell that Triple H is putting his fingerprint all over WWE television. It's insane. Like he's bringing back everybody Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis. Uh, pretty crazy. Uh, Triple H yeah, just put. And, and the ratings, people are loving it. I know we don't talk ratings on the show, and I, I, I agree. I hate the ratings, but I think this past Monday night, they did over $2 million, and it's only the third one this year, and I think two of them have been under Triple H. So, um, Wow. Yeah, I mean, well, I, mean I, I haven't seen, like, I haven't, I haven't watched this week's Raw, but I haven't seen that. It was... The change, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I could. I told you, I couldn't. I couldn't finish the last draw. Yeah, I you just could. The camera cuts were, were killing you. And the last draw yeah. really wasn't that good. This one was really good, but it's like it's really weird. Like it was a good show, and I watched all three hours. I actually stayed up for all three hours. I couldn't believe it, but oh boy. Um, but it's like it's really weird. Like I watched two hours of Dynamite, and I swear to God, the time just flies by it like it's like wow like dynamite's already over and when i watch raw it's just like is this show ever gonna end <laughs> but like it was good enough to keep your you know keep you like watching but like there was points where i'm like okay i'm gonna go to bed and then bam johnny gargano pops up or bam dexter Lumis pops up and you're like all right i'm gonna watch for a little bit longer and uh it was pretty cool edge <laughs> edge was in the main event of this week's raw and he the uh it was in canada and uh, he actually did a Canadian destroyer, which was really badass. But the big news out of this, oh wow, that's a new, that's a different one for Edge. Yeah, dude, it was, dude, I like jumped out of, like it was like ten, I don't know, like I want to say like ten fifty my time, and like you know I'm like half asleep, I like jumped out of my bed when I, I was like holy shit. But um, the big news that came out of this was that Edge uh, spoke to the live crowd after the event and said that he wants to have his last match there 
uh, next year, August 23rd, when WWE comes back, he wants his retirement match to be uh, in Montreal in front of his fellow Canadians. So I guess we're looking at a goodbye farewell edge tour. I know he's been talking about uh, a lot about um, him, like not having much time left or something like that. Yeah, well, you got to kind of think about it. I mean, the man retired and came back and he's had neck injuries and neck surgeries and he's kind of on borrowed time anyway. So hopefully he stays healthy. Edge is one of my all-time favorites. I love Edge. He was such a great performer. And yeah. uh, the next feud, I guess they're talking about it. He's going to get to like tag with his wife and they're going to fight uh, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. So that's pretty cool. And then hopefully, I don't know, I wouldn't mind seeing the title reign out of him. I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, we'll see. I just hope they... they they put him out the right way. I hope he gets to go out on his terms, his way. Yeah, I do too. Because he's Cause he's, uh, he's one of my too awesome of a career to just not have a, a great way of going out. You know. Yeah, and I think the last time we talked, uh, there was like five million dollar more payments. Talked about Vince McMahon and his um, scandal. It come to find out, it wasn't payments for sex. It was actually payments to Donald Trump for his appearances on Raw. And um, they did the WrestleMania match, the hair versus hair with Umaga and Bobby Lashley. Where yeah, I Don- remember all that. Where, where Donald Trump famously called, I think I think he called Lashley, like, I think he called Lashley Leslie or something like that. But like, one of the things that like came out of this investigation that they did in events, like, they like talked about the contract that was signed for WWE, with WWE and Donald Trump and they were like, even though this is a hair versus hair match, there is no way you will cut Donald Trump's hair. I don't care if his wrestler dies in the middle of the ring. Like, he's still not going to get his hair shaved. And I just thought it was really, really funny. It's just really weird, like, why they paid his... Del- I don't know. It's just... It's above my head. And I just... I really hope we're just done with the Vince McMahon talk. Like, uh, I'm, I'm glad for what he did. You know, he gave us wrestling as we know it. But I just... I'm so tired of hearing about payments and this and that. I just kind of... I kind of hope we're done with this whole thing. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. Man, just all just, just done. One big thing I want to talk about, AEW, which I think is really cool. And I think this is a kind of a sign to the growth. Um, they're coming back to my hometown or where I live here in Cincinnati. They're coming back and it's going to be a Tuesday night dynamite. So I don't know what's going on, but um, it's going to be a Tuesday night dynamite. And the really big thing that I thought, because this is Moxley's hometown. And Moxley has been fighting to get wrestling back to AEW or back to Cincinnati. So the last time they came last September that I went to, it was in the UC where the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats play college basketball. And I think like 10,000 people were there. It's one of the largest dynamites that have ever been attended by a live crowd. But the big news was at the time, like we have a bigger arena called the Heritage Bank Arena. And that was always, that's always ran by the WWE. Well, when they wanted to run the event last September, Tony Khan wanted to run it at the Heritage Bank Arena, and they said, no, we are only a WWE. You know, we have an agreement with WWE to only show wrestling here. Well, right. tickets go on sale this Friday, and it's not going to be at the UC Arena. It's going to be at Heritage Bank Arena, which is like a 20,000-seat arena, I think, or something like that. So, um, wow. So I don't know if, like, and this is one thing people kind of talk about with Vince leaving. Like, are all these agreements that he has with, like, all these, you know, different bigger arenas that they run, are they now going to, like, let AEW come in because Vince is not there anymore? Pretty interesting because here in Cincinnati, like I said, 
John Moxley made it like he even like said like fuck Heritage Bank Arena you guys fucked up by not letting us come there you can have WWE we'll go here well this time around they're gonna be at Heritage Bank Arena which I think is really cool that is cool that's way cool do you think that they'll be able to to fill it um well yeah I think they were turning people away the last time um they were here uh, like it was a legit sellout and I think it was over 10,000 Cincinnati's one of these hungry for wrestling type places like everywhere I go like I always I'm always wearing a wrestling shirt like I told you one day I think I own like 60 you know wrestling shirts and most of them are AEW and when I go out somewhere I'm always wearing one of people are like oh yeah I've seen that or I, you know I've heard about it and I want to watch it or you know I want to go or this or that and like nobody ever hardly comes here like WWE comes sometimes but it's been forever and uh oh yeah with Moxley being in the picture Moxley will sell tickets they love Moxley around here of course he's a Cincinnati boy so um it depends on how they lay it out because not every time they do a big arena they sell every ticket they only put so much up for sale and then they kind of talk all stuff even WWE does that I don't want to hear people say that but uh so we'll see it'll be interesting I'll definitely uh have a report about it whenever uh, I go because I will definitely be ordering tickets this Friday oh yeah and I think everything else is really like all news wise is centered around this dynamite, which was uh, a pretty explosive episode. Uh, me and you even got into it. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. I mean, uh, it, was, it was it was that good, though. And that's what you know. Every good movie, every good sporting event, or sporting team, or what. When you get passionate about something, when you can argue with somebody, and then be like, "Hey, okay, you know, we're cool, or whatever." But just to like how you feel, like. When you get in your feelings like that, I think that's really cool and just kind of shows to like what kind of show this was. Because this was, I mean, no pun intended, this was a dynamite show. It was. It was. Re- I, I loved it from beginning to finish. So the only uh, the only downside I have to say with it is there was only four wrestling matches in it. Well, and I think, well, yeah, but you got to think. Garcia and Danielson was what thirty something minutes. Yeah, it was about half an hour for them, and, and the, the Bucks and Omega match was like twenty something minutes, right? Yeah, it was like twenty minutes for them. But, but there was a lot, a lot of well, as we'll talk about, a lot of in-ring promos. Yeah. So when on. we when we talk about news, when you start this. When you start talking about the CM Punk promo, I want you to stop after you get to the Adam Page part. I got a bunch of news about that, and then we can keep going. Oh, okay. Okay, bet, bet. So the show, it opened up with uh, kind of a trailer introduction that combined House of the Dragon with clips of AEW in it, and I thought it looked really awesome. Mm -hmm. It, It got me ready to watch this Dynamite. Looked really cool. The whole theming they did. And uh, CM Punk uh, gets in the ring, gets on the mic. Uh, he said he tried to put his uh, his uh, best tough guy game face on, but the crowd just made him smile. And then he called out Hangman Adam Page uh, to have a rematch for the title against him that night. And he's waiting and waiting, and Hangman doesn't show up. Well, I think the big key to this is he said, I have some, I have two pieces of business, one not important and one important. And I'm going to get to the not important first. Okay. Yeah. So 
the internet was a blaze the next day about because Dave Mercer or Mercer Melcher came out and said that this was not scripted. That uh, this was he first reported this was Punk going into business for himself, and then Fightful came out with a report saying um, Melcher's right. This wasn't planned. Nobody knew it was going to happen. Blah 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 blah. So then the truth comes out. So me and you've been doing this podcast for a few months now, right? Yeah, probably about probably a good almost three months, I think. So do you remember when it was a dynamite when Paige cut a promo? Um, it was right before it might have been the go home show before him and Punk at Double or Nothing, and we were both like, "What is going on with this promo? Is he turning heel? It doesn't make sense. What the fuck is he talking about? Do you remember that?" Yeah, was it when he said, I, I I came to save AEW from you? Yeah, and he was talking about workers' rights and this and that. So here's what happened. This all stems about Cabana. You know Cabana, right? Yeah. And do you know the relationship between Cabana and CM Punk? I know they were close at one time, and then their friendship had a big falling out, and it was a but, big public thing. And But you don't know why, right? Okay, I so, don't know why, yeah. Okay, so when Punk left WWE eight years ago, he walked out. And that when he walked out, it was after the Royal Rumble, I want to say the next, which is in Cleveland, which I think uh, is where part of this goes. But it was in Cleveland. He walked out, and then he was fired on his wedding day. And then eight months later, or not eight months, was it eight months? It was November. Cabana has a big podcast, and it, he was yeah. one of the he was one of the first wrestling podcasters. Now, when CM Punk first started wrestling, him and him and Cabana were best friends. They came up together. Like four of like Punk's first ROH matches were with Cabana, and, uh, and them two were like best friends. So CM Punk goes on the Cabana podcast and is talking about why he left WWE, and he was talking about how. You know, he had a staph infection, and they were telling him, oh, just take some more medicine, you'll be okay. And, you know, Punk, he thought he was about to die, and that's why he ended up walking out, because they wouldn't give him any time off and things like that. So yeah, he, he ended up getting his pants and everything in the ring. Yeah, rain. all that, yeah, yeah, because he had taken so many Z-Packs. So, uh, on the podcast, they talk about the WWE doctor that would just keep throwing him back out there, just telling him to keep taking Z-Packs, things like that. So, after the podcast aired, that doctor and the WWE sued CM Punk and Coca Cabana for defamation of character, I do believe. So, it was a big legal battle. You know, it was WWE and their lawyers against Punk and Cabana, blah, blah, I blah. That happening. I, I do remember that. Long story short, Punk and Cabana won, but then after that, Cabana sued Punk because he thought that they had an agreement that Punk would pay for his legal uh, fees, which Punk was like, no, I never said that, and so that it led to a big falling out. Like they haven't talked since. So when Punk first got there, people were like, oh my god, how are these two going to coexist? Okay, so fast forward, Punk did a promo where he talked about workers' rights and things of this nature and this and that. So then Hangman comes out with this promo talking about, well, you really don't believe in workers' rights, and I'm here to save you from AEW. What had happened was Coca Banda, because they barely used Coca Banda. He was in the Dark Order, but they didn't use him a whole lot. Well, Heyman's in the in the uh, Dark Order, and I guess him and um, <clears throat> Cabana had become friends. So when they came out here, when he was talking that promo, he was really given like Punk knew had no idea he was going to come out talking like this, and so 
he thought that that was Hangman going into business for himself. So in wrestling, if you do something that you're not supposed to do or you do something wrong or whatever, you get what's called a receipt. So this was CM Punk's receipt to Adam Page because Coca Cabana was going to be let go. His contract was going to run out. Tony Khan doesn't let people go. He just lets their contracts run out and then yeah. and then they're gone. Well, his contract was running out and, and you know, FYI, people probably know this, maybe don't know this, but Tony Khan's a, maybe a bigger mark over CM Punk than I am. So he was going to let Coca Cabana go. Well, the Young Bucks stepped in and some other people, Hangman, and it got they got Cabana signed to ROH. So when he cut that promo, Punk was kind of thrown off guard. You know, he's still, you know, so Punk basically, he thinks he was doing the right thing by calling out, because he said in his promo, the apology will be bigger than, what, how do you say it? He said a little bit of advice is suggest you take the, take that I suggest you take the apology must be as loud and as public as the disrespect because he took that as disrespect because you know wrestlers when they go out FYI pull back the curtain they know what they're going to say to each other most of the time so when you say something you're not supposed to that's really going into business for yourself and so punked on and also that also comes from a line where um, there was an interview a little while ago it was posted online where somebody was interviewing Heyman and they were like, hey, you know, you got Tully Blanchard and you got Arn Anderson. You got all these people in the back. Do you go to them for advice? And he was like, I don't need any advice. I'm world, I've been world champ. I, I don't take advice from anybody. So Punk was kind of a two-way there saying, hey, hey, young guy, take some advice. Don't go into business for yourself. And and that's why he made him look bad in his home, in his home state of West Virginia. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So, but now I, I'm hoping that it's a shoot that's now going to be turned into a work, kind of like the MJF thing. So, yeah, because some- I, I was thinking a little bit about how way way back when is uh, when Paige was was saying that you know I'm I'm here to save AEW from you, right? So well, I'm. I'm- I, and I think the way the way Tony Khan is long term with his with his thinking with his storylines and everything uh, that might be something they're going to reach back into and well you got to think because we're going to get into more of this promo because he mentions Eddie Kingston and other people every CM Punk program Eddie Kingston Darby Allen who else am I forgetting MJF they've all said we're trying to save AEW from you Everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, Kingston brought it up. Yeah. So, MGF was yeah, he was saying that he that that he's saving not that he was saying AEW saving AEW, but that Punk's really a bad guy, but nobody sees it. He's trying to call him out before everybody sees it. So Yeah, I think I remember something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. But like every every program that Punk has been in, or every verbal battle that Punk's been in, people keep bringing up. You know, we're trying to save AEW from you. So, I think it's also planting some seeds for a I, God. I hope a Punk heel turn, which we'll talk about later. But just those three minutes right there was enough to set the the wrestling world ablaze. 
Yeah, I, I saw a lot of talk about it. I even, I, I even saw one thing where uh, there was a picture of uh, Hangman backstage and catering while... That was, while, John, that was uh, John Silver, uh, Johnny Hungy. He posted oh. a picture. He posted a picture saying Hangman can't come out right now. He's eating catering. Ah, because if you notice, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But during Mox's promo towards Punk, he said, "You're not even the best wrestler in catering right now." Yeah, I remember that. And he was referring. They do such a great job, but you got to pay attention. He was really talking about that photo being put out with Hangman being in catering. But yeah, I digress. But also out of that, like. Fightful story and other stories. People were saying, "Oh, Punk's unhappy, and he's been display uh, saying how he might quit." Or some people were saying he might not show up to this show. And I, I heard more of it. I never saw any actual reports about it, though. So I, was, I got, you know, I, got I got reports from Fightful. I can send you the emails, but um, it was funny because <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Saturday was the one year anniversary of, of CM Punk debuting on Rampage in the greatest episode of re- professional wrestling um, television, in my opinion. And Punk made an Instagram post where he said, this has been the greatest year of my professional life. I love where I'm at. I've met, I've made new friends. I've made old friends, or I've, I've re-met with old friends. And then like, Dax Harwood posted a picture of him and Punk goofing around in the back and saying, yeah, this guy's really unhappy. And like some other people posted photos, like Swerve Strickland posted a thing of him and Punk taking pictures together, and some other wrestlers were like, "Yeah, uh, Punk's not Punk's happy. What are you talking about? Like, you gotta think about it. Punk did a Punk did an episode of Carpool Karaoke with Christian, Britt Baker, and somebody else. I forget who. Uh, Brian Danielson. They did an episode of Carpool Karaoke, which is on Apple TV now. If you want to go watch, and <clears throat> Punk has done nothing since he's been there, but help and work with younger talent so I just thought it was I thought this Fightful is usually never wrong I think they were wrong on this one I could be wrong but I don't know but um, one thing we also said we were going to talk about which we don't do a lot and I wanted to get your input as we go along but the rating so when Punk came out uh, excuse me it's like I got a hair in my throat or something when Punk came out, the rating was 1.2 million viewers. I'm going to leave it at that until we get to the next segment. When he came out on this episode? Yes, 1.2 million. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that they broke... I didn't even know they broke a million on this one. Well, no, they didn't. That's the. That's what I'm going to get to. Oh, okay. It, it, ended, at ni- it ended at 9.35, but there's some things that kind of killed the show which I want to get your opinion on, which we'll talk about as we get to those points. That's why I said okay. we, we, we don't really talk about ratings because ratings are so flawed, but it was really weird how this episode went. But anyway, when Punk comes out, we're at 1.2 million. So let's okay. get to the good part of this promo with him and Moxley where Punk murders Moxley. Well, he, he goes on to bring up John Moxley and he, uh, he says he understands John has a lot of fans and he can be number one in your heart. But he's not number one in this ring. I am. I'm the AEW champion. Um, he says he knows what it's like to be the best and also knows what it's like to lose. He says John Moxley has always been number two. <laughs> John Moxley is the third best guy in his own group. 
<laughs> and that he's uh, he. This is a reoccurring theme in his career for all the fans to tell him when he. And then he asks for all the fans to tell him when he's telling lies. He says uh, John's not willing to test himself against the, his his best friend, and and that is his that his best friend is the third best Eddie he's been in the ring with. I'm imagining they're bringing up Guerrero and Edwards. Uh, I don't. Was he ever in the ring with Edwards? I I want I I think he was in the ring with Eddie Edwards. Uh, I read online where it was somebody else. I can't think of who it was, but I don't think it was Eddie Edwards. But oh, okay, that's who I'm. I I thought with Impact when he was in, in Impact for that. What was it a year he was in Impact for? Yeah, I I have his Impact rookie card, but I think it was somebody. Oh my God, that's gonna kill me. But no, it's a different said, Eddie. Yeah, let me know if it's a different Eddie. That's just what I'm guy, I think there's a guy. Oh my God. I want to say the guy's name's Eddie Vegas. It's like some. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up later. Well, then he can't be the, the second best Eddie. <laughs> to me, the Eddie Kingston. To me, is, Eddie Kingston is number one. But he's uh, not over Eddie Guerrero. Come on. Not over Guerrero, no. But anyway. And um, then, then he says he's, uh, uh, he's even the second best Kingston that he shared a locker room with, and uh, that none of these people aren't number one at anything. And um, I think Kingston, this might be planting some seeds for a Kingston feud up the road, but that's just my Here's reading. What I- Here's some things I've been hearing. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, you know, I'm still trying to find out. But um, could you imagine this? CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston for the world title at New York City at Grand Slam. Oh, God. That would be huge. Oh, my God. I'd love to see that. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I just, I just love to see Kingston in the title picture, period. Well, you know, Punk's a smart businessman, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead because there's some other things I want to talk about, but Punk dropped Kingston's name for a reason. There's always a reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think, too. So I, I think I think it's going to come back to him. And, you, and, and then, when he said the third best member of his uh, group, he was talking about Claudio and, and Danielson, but Punk is the one who came up with the shield. So I, I was why. thinking he was talking about the shield is what I was thinking. Well, the first time he said he's the third best member of his group and that's a reoccurring theme in his career. And he's talking about he was third best in the WWE behind Roman and Rollins. And now in AEW, he's behind Claudio and Brian Danielson. Which is funny because when the shield first made its appearance, I always thought I was under the impression in the first little bit there that... Um, that uh, John Moxley was the leader. Dean Ambrose. But then Dean Ambrose, yeah, Dean Ambrose. But then over, then over time, because Punk came up with the line of "Gotta save Roman," and so Roman was always their big star. Just fans weren't ready for it, and Rollins kind of took the ball and ran with it when he turned on him. So some people look back on their career right now and say that. But you know what the funny thing was, and I want to mention this real quick: that Seth Rollins. Because I haven't watched the whole GCW and I'm trying to get it done because I want to podcast it with you, but I've seen like only so many matches. But Seth Rollins was at the GCW event cheering on John Moxley. Was he? I didn't even notice that. Yes, sir. He was there. I'll send you the picture. Yeah, send me a picture of that. 
I gotta find it on Twitter. It'll take me a while. But yeah, he was there. He was uh there's a picture taken of him peeking behind the curtain watching watching the match. That's fucking awesome, because that was that was a pretty fun match actually. Oh god. Well, okay, anyway. This is an AW. Okay, anyway. Yeah, that then you're getting into Effie and all that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a different cat. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he <laughs> but, is. Um, but he, he he says once again, tell me when I'm telling lies again. And then and hey, uh, hey, I want to interrupt you real quick. Don't you think those are heel words? Uh, that's this is what I was gonna bring. I have it in parentheses in here. Oh my god, that, my bad. Um, that he's showing some heel tendencies in in this promo. Yeah, I, he I so thought was. He, he so was. The whole thing yeah. where he starts killing Snow Angels when Moxley's music played. He done that in ROH and he also did it in WWE. Um, well, I, well, Moxley. On one of his death matches in GCW, does Snow Angels in the broken glass shirtless? Yeah. Ain't that crazy? So it's like I, I think the, the was he mocking him? Was he? Well, well, he's been doing it since he's been doing it since his ROH days. Like somebody posted a picture on Twitter and there, like a timeline of like him doing it in ROH. He did it in WWE. He's doing it again now. I think he did it before he got hurt too to somebody. But anyway. May have left we'll to go back and see, but um, he said he says he looks forward to facing Moxley at All Out, and that John Moxley isn't even the first John he's beaten for the championship belt in, in Chicago. Uh, Moxley's music then hits. Punk uh, says Snow Angels in the ring, and this is where I I, I put it. it's kind of heel shit that he's that Moxley's yes. doing. Um. Mox gets on the uh, mic and says, "Look out, ladies and gentlemen! CM Punk is dropping pipe bombs and doing what he does best: writing checks with his mouth that his body can't cash and shaking around his foot." He says that the microphone and all the words you spit into it don't mean shit, and either do their either do either of their belts and. Um, uh, he says uh, not until he beats Punk and Mox says he's the heart and soul of AEW and every time they call him interim it makes him think of Punk and that makes him sick oh you oh. dropped but you missed, you missed what Punk said I don't know what Punk said Punk said you could be the heart and soul I'll be the dog oh, that was right after that Punk oh, says awesome. John can can uh be the heart and soul all he wants he'll be the dollars and cents oh i love that line then then that was very good and then mox uh does a couple throws a couple more insults tells punk to do something about it and uh he doesn't think he's gonna do shit uh punk says that if he touches mox now he's afraid mox is gonna bleed <laughs> all over him yes and sir then they get into each other's face Punk shoves Mox, Mox kisses Punk, and then they both start in at it, and security comes in to pull them apart. And I put this is one of the best pull apart brawls I've ever seen on TV. It looks so real. Looks it's looked so organic. Yes. The way it the, the way it all happened. Even the insults, just the way they were coming back and forth at each other. Somebody on uh Twitter 
I keep referencing Twitter, but somebody put it like in black and white and put it up against, I think it was Rock and Cena, how when Rock first came back, them two like hated each other and were yeah. like insulted. He called him a fruity pebble wearing son of a bitch and things like that. It was so good. Like, I didn't like how Moxley was like, oh, punks dropped the pipe bombs. I thought that was kind of dumb, but it, whatever. It kind of fits I Mox's thought, I thought it was hilarious. But... I thought it fit Mox's character, but you, like, and and people don't want to know this because FYI, I'm going to pull back the curtain. There's so many photos online, and I'll send them to you too, where like Punk and Moxley are hanging out and, you know, hugging each other and smiling and hanging out. These are two guys that know they can do business together. Um, it was, it just felt, and, and you got to remember when Moxley went to uh, treatment, Punk was the only one that came out and said, I'm glad John's getting better. I think Kingston did too, but Punk came out. And said, yeah, know, let's he, get time and he stuff did. like that. But yeah, like, he, I forget what he said exactly, but yeah, he he put him over on being in treatment yeah, and getting the help he, he needed. Punk's good friends with his wife. They did that that backstage show on WWE for a while, but this was just this finally felt like Punk on the microphone, and Moxley's like the great. It's almost like Austin Rock punk moxley like this they both feed off each other so well and just and they made they make you they did they got me and you divided we were arguing <laughs> about it i mean yeah, i don't i don't fans are divided okay. i'd apologize the next day to make sure we were okay i did uh, <laughs> you know it was just uh like and like you said the pull apart just usually when you see a pull apart it's like you're just throwing haymakers and not looking like these two wanted to fucking hurt each other. It was so good. The look, and, uh, the look on CM's punk face, I don't think I've ever seen him look that genuinely angry. And punk looked jacked, bro. Did you see them arms? He looked jacked. Yeah, yeah. He was he was he's been putting in some work. But this was just great. Like I told you, I think when this was going on, because you were I think you were still at work that this was like the greatest opening to Dynamite I've ever seen. Like, it was just Punk, you know, going after Hangman, going after Kingston, going after Moxley. I remember the, you kept sending OMG, OMG, OMG. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. And I did that again when they announced the match, and I didn't want to tell you yet. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so good. It just set the tone for this, uh, for this Dynamite. Yeah, it was a great segment. And then then we go backstage, and Tony Schiavone's interviewing Powerhouse Hobbs. He asks why Hobbs attacked Ricky Starks a few weeks ago. Um, Hobbs just basically cuts a promo. Ricky said he didn't even care about winning or losing. And Hobbs, uh, uh, he goes on to say that Starks uh, hid behind him because he knew Hobbs would get the job done. He says he not only breaks backs, but he breaks necks. Yeah. And, and as far as QT, he's got something for them too. Give so, me more Hobbs. Give me more Hobbs. Give me more Hobbs. Give me he's more doing Hobbs. Great without a mouthpiece. I didn't think he would do so good without a mouthpiece. Well, like I said, he's been working with Punk in the back and things like that. And uh, sometimes you just have to let these people shine. And that's the problem right now with AEW. Like, I, when you asked me about Gargano signing, I, I wasn't mad that he went to WWE because there's already so much talent in AEW right now that some people don't even get TV time. So, um, 
And, and what I've been saying for what the last month on this podcast is just give me a little vignette, let them speak for a little bit. It puts over the story. Yeah. Just keep them in mind and, and keep yeah. the story in mind and, and let us know what's happening. And this week, uh, Starks is going to talk, so they're just going to keep going back and forth. Yeah, and I I can't wait to hear uh, Starks reply to that or see his reply. Whatever they choose to do, I know it's going to be good because it's Starks. Yes, sir. And then after this, we have a two out of three falls match with Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, versus Daniel Garcia, the Dragon Slayer. I'm going to stop you right there. At this point, Dynamite now loses 200,000 people and they're under a million viewers. Terrible. They they Those viewers missed out on but, one of the, probably the best. This was a pay-per-view quality match. Excellent. But do you think people are getting tired of Danny Garcia? I don't know. I... I I, it's not. It's not Danielson. It can't be Danielson. Danielson, well established. I mean, I, I think also they kind of like I would have introduced Ricky the Dragon Steamboat instead of just showing him. Yeah, they kind of just panned to him, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, he's going to be the guest uh, timekeeper for this bout." And he, I guess, he was the guest timekeeper for the whole night. Yeah. But this match was a banger. Yeah, it was awesome. Chris Jericho was on commentary for for this. Uh, like I said, Ricky the Dragon was uh, the guest timekeeper, um, and both of them just looked great from the get go of this. Um, Garcia uh, in in the first half in the first fall of this turns uh it's like a leg triangle choke he turns that into a pile driver oh my god it's this had me cringing and i was fearing for danielson on this i don't think danielson needs to take a pile driver i i don't know who produced this match but why a pile driver on danielson of all people danielson does this to rib people he knows how everybody thinks about him. And when I was watching it, like, if you watch it, the looked, it, it looked like it connected. I mean, well, it looked like he got like, spiked. I was watching it, and I'm like, all right, tuck your chin. Tuck your chin. Yeah, because his head was back. It was back. And then, like, he tucked his chin, like, right at the last second. Like, he couldn't have timed it any more perfect. And I think I sent you a message saying, I think I just saw the greatest pile driver in my life. It was, uh, oh man, I, I I was seriously scared for Danielson on that. And he does that on purpose. He wants to fuck with the fans, which is fucking hilarious. He thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, well, joke's on me. Yeah, he does. He, he does that to people because he knows everybody cares about him. And he knows that he can make the match look great. So he likes to rib the wrestling fans. So yeah, he, he made it, they made it look so good. Yeah, so good. It was so good. So uh, Garcia, after that, gets the dragon sleeper on uh, Brian, uh, which I thought was cool, falling in line with the dragon theme. Well, House of Dragons. Yeah, and um, he, he gets the referee calling for the first fall. The next round starts, it starts immediately 
And I love that. I love that. I I did like it, but what I did not like is that the ref was counting him. Yeah. When do we see in a in any other match? When do we see the ref counting when one they they'll count when both guys are down, but when do they count when one guy is down? Unless it's for an ex- uh, um, not unless it's for an excessive amount of time. I mean, that's this was the, within the first five seconds that I, that's the, the beauty that though. Starts Garcia was rewarded for doing that. Usually, I hate it when they do an Iron Man match or they do a best two out of three. Like somebody gets a fall, and then we're gonna wait five minutes before we wrestle again. No, this guy just choked him out. The fall's over. That's not, what, that's not what bothered me, it, and it, it it's not even that that they did account that bothers me. What bothers me is that this isn't either done more often. It like makes me wonder. Well, what is the what are the rules of the match? Maybe that should have been explained more. Well, I think what you're doing is you're is you're rewarding the person that got the fall. Like, hey, he did this good move. He knocked him out. All right, the first fall is over. We're going straight to round two. I mean, right. I thought I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was amazing. And I thought it helped. It gave, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But it gave, like, a uh, a priority that he won the match that way. So we're going to go right into the count. Then I thought, it, it, I explain, it was explain the rule a little bit better, I guess. And what a two out of three false match entails. Because this is the first one I think that they've had. Do you want Justin Roberts to do it at the beginning, or do you want him to have a graphic up? Uh, something. Even just even if the commentary explains it to the crowd at home. Well, I think they did when they started counting. I think Excalibur explained like, "Hey, we're going right to the second fall." Maybe he did. I, I. It's just just a little bit. Oh no! I thought it was fantastic. Well, Danielson is. Uh, opened up and bleeding at this point and then Garcia some some kind of awkward looking elbow strikes on to <laughs> on to Brian just the way he does them I it it doesn't look right to me maybe looks, he needs it look, it 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 looked phony honestly the way he was raining them down it was like too slow of a motion or something like that it wasn't it wasn't how Brian does them and, well, nobody, um, nobody does it like Brian does it. No, nobody that well, maybe maybe Tony Deppin. Oh God, here we go. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> but um, anyway, he, he gets uh, on to Brian from a from a dragon sleeper position, and Danielson man manages to um, tie him up and roll up Garcia for a pin, winning this this the second film pinfall making it one on one to one um after that danielson hits an incredible looking release german suplex like on garcia what's that i know cm punk says he's the best in the world and i would agree with it but the best wrestler the best professional wrestler in the world right now has to be brian danielson danielson yeah right now there's no question it's Danielson. Yeah. It's he's like just, moved like this. Like he was on the second rope. Garcia's on the top rope and he does a release German. It just looks amazing. Both and he and he makes the he makes his opponent look amazing. Yeah. 
Like every, he made he made Garcia. Garcia's a made man. Oh yeah, from from the first match. I mean, yeah, and he, this match, yeah. He was the one that made it look great, and um, that both men at this point they're looking beat and exhausted. Garcia uh, hits a boost psycho knee for the near fall. Garcia's now bleeding from a sort of uh, tug of war that was done between them and the ring post, and they're just bashing each other's face into the ring post. Um, there's a point where uh, both men are exchanging elbows. Garcia's uh, selling the pain and the exhaustion. And during this time, I had to point this out, he rests his head directly on the Danielson's cock. I, I knew you were going to say something about that. You're a sick <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I, the crowd <laughs> was laughing about it. I was I laughing. I it mean, was- it's hard to miss. I was like, couldn't you just put your head somewhere above or below that point? Did that be right there? People posted a bunch of pics after. I was like, oh my god, get the fuck out of here. But anyway, well, I, that wasn't the, that wasn't my highlight of it, but it was, I just uh, had to point it out. It, it looked like something Effie would have done. Oh my god, yeah, here we go. But anyway, Brian Manning or something. But anyway, <laughs> but Brian Brian manages to get the label lock onto Garcia. The ref calls for the bell, gives him two falls for the win. Uh, after the match, Danielson, he, he extends his hand to Garcia, and Garcia looks like he's, he's going to extend his hand back. Before he gets a chance to shake hands, Jericho attacks Brian from behind um, and keeps attacking him. Uh, Garcia kind of pulls Jericho around, pulling him off of, uh, off of Brian, and it pisses off Jericho. Jericho points his finger at Garcia. Garcia swats it away. And um, the crowd ends up chanting, you're a wrestler as Garcia exits. That was so great. That that was perfect. Perfect end. The the crowd did that on on her own. I know. Oh, bro. I, I love AEW crowds. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And here's the thing. Like, it's... Again, I go. I keep going back to it, but it's long-term storytelling. If you remember when Danielson and Moxley, when Danielson first came back and they were talking, they were going to have their match where, like, Moxley said, I won't team with you unless we bleed together, blah, blah, blah. Danielson said, what if we started a, a, you know, a faction that had Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia's and the Wheeler Yudas of the world and we we formed them into how you know into fighting machines like us well they got Wheeler Yuta now so now are they getting Daniel Garcia and then the Jericho Garcia like if you didn't watch if you don't know do you know Garcia's history at all I don't know I I didn't even know who Garcia was before AEW so like I want to say two or three years ago don't quote me, but he was in a really, 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 really bad car accident. And a lot of people thought maybe his wrestling career was going to be over. And uh, actually, they also thought his life might be over. And yeah, his family, I was reading something about that. And his family started a GoFundMe. And you want to know the two people that paid the most money to this GoFundMe? Tony Khan and Chris Jericho. And yeah. so, like, 
Yeah, I remember Chris. Chris Jericho is so, such a generous guy in real life. He does it a lot. So, like the real life story, Jericho helped save his life. So now you're pulling me off of this guy you just fought with. You owe me. You owe me. So the story just tells itself. They did it. They talked about it a lot on the ROH match with Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia on that pay per view, and uh, just unbelievable. I hope they tell that story a lot more, but. Jericho's a stand-up That's right. That's I have heard it before. Then it was on that pay-per-view that they explained yeah. all that. Yeah. So it was just great. It was a great match. Oh my god! It was what maybe I think I messaged you that I think I just saw the greatest match I've ever seen on Dynamite. It was. Amazing. Yeah, you did. It was just. Uh, and the thing about it was, it it lost so many viewers. I couldn't believe it. That those those viewers missed out. Big but you know, time. it's almost like. It's almost like, I think it would, and I don't like him at all, but it might have been Bischoff, it might have been somebody else, and it was like, the reason you don't do like a uh, best, maybe a long best two out of three, or a long Iron Man match on TV, it's because the fan doesn't have to watch the whole match, they just have to watch the ending to see who wins. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a basketball game. Like, if you don't like pro basketball, you want to you want to keep you want to keep everybody on the edge of their seat, so they want to see what's going to happen next. So, in a one-on-one match, you have to watch the whole match because the first ball wins. But if it's the best two out of three, and we all know professional wrestling, we know somebody's going to win the first. We know somebody's going to win the second. So we don't have to turn in until the end to see who wins the third. Yeah, I mean, but. Uh... I, but people missed know. a great Yeah, they missed they, a great this, this was fantastic. They did. They missed out. And they missed out on, on further things to happen, too. Well, we're going to get there. We're, wait wait till we talk yeah. about the next segment. Go to the next segment. All right. So we got we got Tony Schiavone backstage. He's with Swerve in Our Glory and Private Party. And they just basically talk about their match coming up on Friday's Rampage. Nothing too special about that. But then... Uh, Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling are headed towards the ring, and John Moxley hits Nice from behind, grabs a mic, calls out CM Punk. Out guess, comes what happened, guess what happened to the ratings here? Did they spike back up? Spike back up to 1.1 million people. I don't get it. When, when, how did people know to tune in at that part? I think of it as a lot of people like flip through TV and it was also if I'm not mistaken I think it was close to the top of the hour so people just flipping through and oh yeah. wait a second here's Punk and Mox back on again yeah and what another great pull apart yeah once again security pulls them apart this time it takes uh, Claudio and Yuta to hold back <laughs> Mox and they even mention <laughs> Claudio is the right guy to have in there. Do you know what popped me so hard is like Claudio was like holding Moxley like he was a baby, like he was just grabbing him with one arm and just carrying yeah. him around. It was that like just it shows was how nothing. Strong he, yeah, it just shows how strong Claudio is. Dude's a powerhouse. There's yes, no doubt. But um, after after that, we have Tony Schiavone's backstage with Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Chris Jericho. And Tony says there seems to be some dissension in the JAS. Jericho says he's going to give a pass to Garcia and how next week he wants to talk to Garcia face-to-face in the ring 
to see where he stands, basically. And in comes uh, Ricky Steamboat, and he, he puts down Jericho, says it's all the same. It's the same old Jericho that he was 14, 15 years ago. And you know why that, he said that, right? Well, because it, it, it kind of is the same Jericho because he was still wearing the... Um, the no. um, Lionheart. They, they had a WrestleMania match 14 years ago. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That was easily forgettable. Yeah. Wasn't that the one with Mickey Rourke at, at uh, ringside? Yeah, at ringside, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he says uh, that uh, Gar- Garcia is best being mentored by Brian Danielson. Jericho. He's not wrong. Well, yeah, he's not. And uh, Jericho tells Steamboat he hasn't liked him for 15 years to stay out of his business. Parker then grabs Steamboat and um, as Steamboat's trying to leave and he's telling him to stay out of Jericho's business, repeating it as he grabs Steamboat by the throat. Steamboat then gives a, a palm strike slash chop to Parker. Yes. down and says, look at me now. Yeah. Wow. That was that was cool. That was cool. Well, it it, it was a good use to of the dragon character. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. It was it, it did what it was supposed to do. It was really good. Yeah. Um next we have the varsity bonds being Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison versus the gun club, Austin Gun, Colton Gun. They're with Billy. Uh, I I don't know how I felt about this because it was a fast squash match onto a really good tag team. I think well, they could have put another tag team in it in their place. It didn't have to I be think, a varsity blondes. Well, I think the reason for it was because Punk and Mox went so long in the opening segment. Sometimes you got to cut stuff short. Maybe, maybe that's why. But um, and, and Danielson and Garcia went thirty plus minutes too. Yeah, that's true. But they basically uh, Colton uh, put a move called the Colt Forty Five, uh, which I must not have noticed him do before, because it's a pretty badass move. Hell yeah, it is. Kind of a double chicken wing. Yeah. Uh, almost. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, Cody Rhodes finisher. Oh, the uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cross between that, but he the gets crossroads, the crossroads, the crossroads, crossroads. I just said it. Yeah, the crossroads. Then um, after the match, Billy gets on the mic, telling him that that's that's what I've been trying to tell you in the past couple of weeks. Tells him he knows he's been hard on him, but he's proud of him, and he gives him a, a big hug. Then we see Stokely Hathaway start to walk down the ramp. And uh, Billy stares him down, only to get attacked by Austin and Colton. Out come the acclaimed Max yes. Caster and Anthony Bowens. And the two of them run into the crowd. At, uh, the, uh, sorry, the gun club runs into the crowd. They pick up uh, um, Billy and they do the scissor me daddy ass thing. Scissor me daddy ass. Scissor it's me getting da- tired. I love it. I love it. Getting tired. What? I, I, it's, it's, I, they can do so many better, so much. No, I so much wait. better. 
No, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to buy me a Scissor Me Daddy Ass t-shirt and I will wear it fucking everywhere. Scissor Me Daddy Ass. Scissor Me Daddy Ass. I love it. I love it. It's so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny. You can love it. I don't. Hey, I love it and the AEW crowd loves it. The AEW Galaxy is Angelo Parker's (laughs) The AEW Galaxy. Scissor me, daddy ass. That's the fucking greatest thing ever, dude. It's so funny. I, I wish they had something better for the Athlanes. No, it's this the is, 2020s. This it's the 2020s. They, they, need to be, they need to be fighting for the championships. They need to be they going against Swerving Art's glory. They still can because Billy Gunn's fighting the Sun this week with the acclaimed at his, at his side. But you know what? Scissor me, daddy ass. Scissor me. I love it. Okay. Well, next we have an even oh, worse. Hey. hey, I got some news. Max, Max Caster came out and um, he said, I don't know if it's true or not, but he said he's a virgin and he doesn't want people to make fun of him. Do you know who his girlfriend was? No. Your girl. Who, Chris Statlander? Yeah, they broke up. They broke up? Yeah. Oh. And he's still a virgin? Really? But anyway. Wow, I I find that hard to believe. Maybe he's just saying it to get some heat. I don't know, but yeah, he he's, out, he's he, saying it. He, the guy's a jokester. He came out in an interview and said that he's a virgin. He doesn't want fans to make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Scissor me, daddy ass. Scissor me. So then we got Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. They, you know, whenever uh, whenever we see each other, I'm gonna make you scissor me. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll I'm do done. it for pictures only, for photograph <laughs> opportunities, and that's and you'll have to get me really drunk. I can do that. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll can, stop. I can I'll get stop. really drunk really well. <laughs> <laughs> so they they challenge Wardlow and FTR to a trios match at All Out. And I wrote, what are they doing with FTR? Um, Sing ends the segment by saying in a garbled voice, Wardlow, powerbomb me if you are that strong. This is awful. We already know what's going to happen, so I don't even want to talk about it. It's awful. Yep, next. But backstage, again, we have uh, Pac, Ray Phoenix, Penta El Zero Muerto, and Alex Abrihantes, uh, Pack addresses Will Ospreay in the United Empire. Oh, and then they're wait. talking about their trios match next week. I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Uh, it's going to be a banger. I I can't wait. I'll, all I can say is this going to this dynamite coming up might be better than this one because you're going yeah, to get talked yeah. It might this match. It might top this dynamite. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That. I mean, that's a tall order, but I'm, I'm sure that they can do it with what's on the card so far. Just to see Osprey and Pac in the same match. Oh, take my money. Take my money. Yeah. that That's okay. going to be good all the way around. But yeah. um, next we have uh, Jungle Boy coming out. He gets on the mic. He cuts a promo on Christian and uh, challenges him to a match it all out. Christian comes out and he climbs into the ring. Um, he basically tells Jungle Boy he doesn't want to fight him. He wants to fix this, go on another run. And he promises to take Jungle Boy to the promised land. 
the crowd chants bullshit. And I love this when Christian said, they've never accomplished anything in their lives. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and uh, he says, at the end of the day, we're family and I love you. And you're like a son to me. Come back home. Opens his arms and uh, Jungle Boy proceeds to take him down. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, Christian keeps uh, trying to escape, uh, but Jungle Boy keeps on top of him until they get on the outside. Um, when a low blow, uh, Christian gains the upper hand for a little bit, and then Jungle Boy gets uh, Christian, he slams him into the stairs traps his arm in the stairs and stomps on his arm and uh, out comes security to break this one up. Yeah, I'm confused here. So, first Jungle Boy comes out and says, I got in trouble last week for wearing Christian as a pussy t-shirt. They told me not to wear it again. And then, like, the crowd's like dead silent and somebody starts chanting what? And he kind of gives them the best stare and then they stop. But my thing is here is I loved that. I loved that. It was cool. It was cool. But my problem with this segment was, why is the baby face getting the upper hand on the heel? That could be... You, no, you need the... storytelling. Well, you need the heel to have the upper hand because you want to have the baby face getting cheered to win. If the baby face has already kicked the shit out of the heel, what's the point? Well, maybe that means that in the match that the babyface is going to get the shit kicked out of him. And possibly Luchasaurus getting involved in the outcome of that. Oh, I already know what's going to happen. Luchasaurus is going to turn and and go against Jungle Boy, but... That's what I I think is going to happen. But I think to build up into that, you have Christian have the upper hand, and then you have the underdog babyface who's been getting the shit kicked out of him. You want to see him beat the shit out of the heel for the payoff, and then BAM! Swerve, baby, as Russo would say, and Luchasaurus turns heel, and then then again, you set up another match where the baby face is facing the heel. I'm going to answer that with, you brought Vince Russo into this. Why? Because he already he always he always says, swerve, baby. We gotta have a yeah, swerve. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just... Fuck, Fuck Vince Russo. Anyway... Definitely. But um, backstage shit stain, as uh, Jim Cornette calls him. Yeah, shit stain. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, backstage FTR and Wardlow, they cut a promo accepting the trios match against Singh, Dutt, and Lethal. And Wardlow addresses Singh and says, anybody and everybody gets powerbomb. Yeah, but you know they know... That's what we're looking for. Is, is that the payoff? Is Wardlow power bombing? Oh yeah, it's 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 Hulk slamming the giant. But you know the big thing, well, and, and Tony Conmine—that's what that is. But you know the big thing was they called themselves the Pinnacle, which the Pinnacle has not been set on TV in a long time. I'm pretty sure MJF is about to come back. Yeah, that's uh, they're they're dropping heavy hints as to that. We got FTR, we got Wardlow. All we're missing is MJF. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure we're going to see him in the next week or two. Yeah, it's 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 about time he's shown up. It's been long enough that he's been out of the picture. I saw I saw where somebody said like, if he shows up this week, it'll be 91 days since we've seen him on TV. So 
They can always say he's gonna have if he's gonna have uh, something to do with the outcome of next week's main event. It's either gonna be him or Paige. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's it. It's pretty much open to either of those guys. You know what I want? You know what I want to see happen? I want to see MJF interfere in the title match this weekend or, or this week tomorrow night. It goes to a no contest. Both people, you know, they ring for the bell. And then it all out, MJF comes out, hits Moxley. He hits Moxley with the diamond ring. Punk covers for the one, two, three. And we get an MJF CM Punk pairing where the crowd starts booing the hell out of them. And we have the greatest heel tag team ever. I was I was thinking about that. I mean, because they could say they could say showing they, heel, heel tendencies, and right. if MJF has anything to do with it, he's going to turn things in in favor for Punk, and Punk's well, going to be thanking him and patting him on the back for it. There's two ways they could go here. You could turn Punk heel, and like he like some like okay, let's say this week MJ, MJF interferes and it's a no contest. And then we go to the pay-per-view and then like Punk does some heelish stuff to win. And then MJF comes out to attack Punk and then you turn MJF face and make him the biggest face in the company. Hmm. MJF is... See it. I don't see that. It could be. The, The best heels always make the greatest faces also. I'm just saying... If it happens, you heard it here first. MJF strikes me as that heel for life type guy, though. <laughs> Sometimes you got to turn face, though. You don't want your character. I'm just saying, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Not likely. I don't know. I don't know. When I'm right, you can send me a case of fireball. Okay. All right. <laughs> it'll it'll be the it'll be the little the little mini bottles of fireball, but it'll, it'll be a case. Hey, that's what I'm drinking right now, bro. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but anyway, I, I'm in I'm in Utah where they where they don't sell many bottles. Oh my god, I couldn't live there. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. Yeah. But anyway, we at, at least we can drink out here. Yeah. <laughs> at least we can drink. It could be worse, but then next we have uh, Kylan King versus Tony Storm. Oh, FYI, when this match started. The rating was at eight hundred eighty thousand. Ooh, I, you know what? I, and the thing is, is I love Kylan King, and I am like, waiting for her to to get onto the main roster. And well, just, she was with she was with AEW, and then they like they had her do a few matches, and they wanted to sign her to a deal, and she said. I want to go do the indies first for a while to get my name back up. So then she's she doing great. On, she's doing great. Right. Well, then she comes back with her with a bigger name profile in this match with Tony Storm, and she's actually also going to be on this week's Dynamite, facing one of my favorites, Britt Baker, D, M, D. E. Yes, that will be. A- yes, sir. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. I'm a fan of both of them. So they they show Thunder Rosa looking on backstage onto a monitor. This uh, 
turns out to be a, a great match overall. I think uh, King demonstrates her match, and I, I also I, I wrote what I just said. It's time to get her off the dark and everything. Get her on the main roster. Um, but just, the match ends just, with what's that? Is it, just, is it just me or are you over Thunder Rose's reign as much as I am? Oh yeah, I think everybody is. I they they yeah. they killed they killed Thunder Rosa early on in her reign. You know when they killed her? They killed her after she won the belt and they had Nyla Rose come out and Vicky Guerrero. Exactly. Yeah, they that killed was, it right there. That was, and, and that's what they've done to every women's champion is, who do they bring out? Nyla Rose. First, well, first here's the thing. Center, that's the first female that gets a crack at them. And they did it with her and everybody who was sick of it. Not that it's right, wrong, indifferent, whatever, but if you look back when Tony Khan is a big fan, it's like ROH, Attitude Era, there wasn't a lot of women's matches. So I don't think he values women wrestling as much as somebody else does. And I think his point could be, well, look here, you know, Punk and Moxley, <laughs> and one, Punk and Moxley are getting $1.2 million. When I put on the women, they're getting eight hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, but they, he's not doing it the right way. I'm just saying. I think he could justify it, and that's just me. But you know, that that would seem like something that would come out of his mouth too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, but the match ends with Storm hitting a swinging DDT, followed up by a pendulum DDT. Where the win. That ass move she doesn't the the uh, what do they call it the ass quake or what do they call it sweet sweet cheeks music she can give me sweet cheeks music anytime she wants I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> I'm just saying let me be in that co- let me be in that bottom room I'm just saying anyway so uh, Thunder Rosa is showing backstage watching the monitor again and she's doing like this soft slow golf clap yeah showing that she's not enthused yeah. Uh, then we get a video package with promos by the Trustbusters and Sunny Kiss, which this that combination does not work for me. And and then we get we have Best Friends and Orange Cassidy building up their trios match on Friday night. I haven't yet watched that. I know who won. Who won? Uh, Best Friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. They'd be a better choice than the Trustbusters and Sunny Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Yep. Then we got the Trios Tournament match. Uh, Roosh, Dragon Lee, Andrade, El Idolo with Jose the Assistant. I'm glad that they call him Jose the Assistant now. Yeah. Because I can't pronounce his last name. And he's, and so, then, good. he's so good on Twitter. Uh, he's, he's so good at ringside. He's yeah, he's he's amazing, and the dude is jacked. Oh, I didn't know that because he's always wearing the suit. Oh no, there's been a couple times where they like ripped off his like clothes or whatever. The dude is jacked, bro. Wow. Does it does he wrestle? I, I think he used to. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So then, bro. Them and then we have uh, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. With Kenny Omega and uh, Don Don Callis coming with 
Uh, I had to say that JR's banter with Don Callis is uh, both cringy and nauseating during this match. <laughs> a funny thing, like again, we're talking about the ratings. So you go from a women's match that was like at 880. When Omega comes out, they're at like 950. And then when the match is over, they're like back down to 830. It's really weird. That's why the rating was so low. It's almost like the majority of the people flipping back and forth between something, waiting for one match to get over and the next to begin. Well, it's almost like they're tired of the Young Bucks and the Omega, like... I wasn't thrilled for this match, were you? No, here's the thing. Dave Meltzer reported that Kenny Omega is playing a character where he struggles at first, but then by the time they get to the championship match, he's, like, great again. So, like, all the fuck-ups and shit that he was doing in this match were on purpose. And to me, it's like, why? Like, he wore the compression shirt and the, like, uh, shoulder brace. He's doing it to tell a story. He's trying to tell a story of that he's struggling and he's not, like, quite up to par. But and that was time, that was clear during the match. But, he, but the thing is, he's fine. He's doing it on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, of course, because there's no way he would be even cleared to wrestle if if that shit was still bothering him. I'm sorry, guys. He would not be able to wrestle. And that's the problem. He almost killed Dragon Lee with that V-trigger. Like I told you to go back and watch. He's like grabbing his hand and squeezing it and telling him he's sorry because he hit it too hard. Yeah, I saw saw him, and that's it was right after he hit that V-trigger, Dragon Lee just went limp as limp could be. And that's what had me wondering. That's why I asked you. I'm like, was he sandbagging him? Like, did he have the audacity to sandbag Omega? Didn't he just actually hit him too hard? But if you ever watch Dragon Lee, like every match he about dies. That's just his thing. But like, I've never seen Dragon Lee before. This is the first time. Yeah, he's uh, he's big in ROH, but it was just like, if you're gonna come back, like everybody knew Omega was coming back, and everybody wants the cleaner, the the match with Brian Danielson, the stuff like that. And then you give me this and it's like, eh, okay. Like when you told me I was going to get Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, Andrade, Dragon Lee, Roosh, I was expecting a banger. And this was like a clunky ass match. This match, it didn't, it didn't have any type of flow to it. It seemed like they were trying to just it was trying it, it seemed like each team was trying to do the most amount of high spots out of each other right and yeah like, and they, they were trying to, to yeah but and but they weren't doing it right that's the problem there was no flow to the match there was no it was just really weird i agree 100% like like uh, i was psyched i was wearing a Kenny Omega shirt i was pumped even the one-winged angel looked horrible. It was just like, ugh. The one-winged angel looked so terrible on this. I That's why I was wondering, what is going on? What's Dragon Lee's not holding himself up? But he was knocked and, out. And then to find out he was doing it on purpose? Come on, man. You got to do better. Yeah. There's, there's, with that being said, there's no reason to go into the, the, to match that heavily. No, it was just, it was bad. Yeah. And uh, I don't bother. I, don't I did like, though, I did like that flipping suicide block dive on the. Yeah. Uh, 
into the crowd by Dragon Lee. That was pretty. Yeah, they, kicked, they kicked a little kid. Yeah, I, I was wondering, was that a kid? Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> they did get him. I don't know. It kind of like put a damper on the end of a great dynamite. Yeah, that I think it, was if you were gonna do this story with Kenny Omega. You should have had it be after the Punk promo, and the Garcia Danielson match should have been last. Then and then on top of it, though, after the match was going while well, it was going off the air, then you see Andrade uh, do a DDT on the Dragon Lee. Yeah, supposedly they show the ending of that on Rampage because they're trying to get people to watch Rampage. But I think because uh, of the match, nobody cares. Rampage isn't that great. Of the card, not right now. That's that's the problem with Rampage. It doesn't have a great card. What what happened to Rampage doing? Well, it was CM Punk, but doing over a million at one point. Well, because they were having like great matches and they were continuing Dynamite. Now it's just throwing shit together. Like what I like went dark. It's like a continuation of Dark. Well, it was weird. Like when I went to Dynamite in September, it was the night after the pay-per-view the Wednesday after the pay-per-view and uh on Dart or on uh Rampage it was Pac versus Andrade which was the first match and then like the next two matches were the were with Matt Hardy and it was just like it killed the whole crowd it was really weird yeah and, like the first match was like the private party and then the next match was like the bunny or something and then it was just it was just really weird. It was like Tony stopped caring after that. Well, I, I, one, I, I, on a side note to that, I hope that Jeff Hardy, you know, gets back up to par and everything like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I'm really not hoping for that Hardy's reunion anymore. I'm not. I am if they do it right, and that's the problem. Matt Hardy looks like he's like a, a shell look, of his former self. He looks terrible in the ring right now. I don't know what it is. I'd rather see a Jeff Hardy singles run than I would a Hardy's tag team run. He needs to not do that second uh, that second rope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The swanton even looks bad. It used to be a leg drop. Now it's a it's a it's an elbow, not even a drop, and not even an elbow drop. It's just a standing elbow smash. Yeah, it's really weird. It doesn't look. It doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. I mean, I would. I would like. Yeah, I. Of course, I'd like to see it done. Really, if it was done really well, I'd like to see it. But I don't know that that can be done. I agree. I just think PK needs to. You know, kiss that one goodbye for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. But overall, I mean, I would rate this a 4.5. God damn it, you stole my number, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's where I'm at, too. I'm at a 4.5. Like it. it was almost perfect. Yeah, and, and that had to do with, like, there was... Really, there was only four matches. I thought it was too heavy on the promo stuff. Not not, not including, I mean, the the Mox Punk was 
you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. Right, right. That, that was part of what was good, but just, it was hit, it was too promo heavy after that. Yeah, I could see that. But, like, we're going to do a bunch of, like, five-minute matches or what? I don't know. It was kind of, once you do a two out of three falls that you're going to get 30 minutes to and you're going to get the Bucks and Omega 20, 25 minutes, it's kind of hard to book a lot of other matches around that. True. And get yeah. all the backstage stuff done and all that and that. So, but uh, I'm going to my wrestler of the nights of Brian Danielson. That was just so good. Oh, and I was going to give it to uh, Daniel Garcia. You could go either way, bro. You could really yeah. go either way. Yeah. That was definitely the match of the night. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. But uh, tomorrow night, we get to watch Dynamite together. Yes. So that's going to be cool. I traded shifts on purpose for that. I'm like, yep. and uh, I, we're, me and you will be arguing back and forth between the Punk and Mox match. So I can't wait for that. Yeah. I think any names. <laughs> I, I think, but I think we're gonna get a screwy finish. We don't get a we don't get a lot of those in AEW. I think so. They're allowed to have one every now and then. And I think we're gonna get a screwy finish with a DQ or something. Something's gonna happen. Tomorrow yeah, night gonna is going to be a big episode. It's going to be a can't miss. Yeah, it's going to be a fuck finish for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent on that because, come on, I, I. Well, Meltzer, Meltzer said the other day on the uh, Wrestling Observer Report or whatever that the the main event match still for no way or I mean, uh, what's the next preview for or uh, all out, all out is Punk and Mox. For both belts, so something screwy is gonna happen. So I don't think we get a winner tomorrow night. I think something cool is gonna happen, either MJF or Hangman or something. But uh, something's gonna happen. Yeah, if we do, if we do get a winner, I'll be shocked. And I think I, I hope that Tony leaves it at the main event and doesn't do it at the top of the hour, because I think they've shown that they can pull the viewers. So I hope maybe having it as the last match will keep people interested. And we'll get a dynamite that's over a million viewers. I I have not. I, I might have to watch it for a third time just to see if they announced that as the main event because I thought they did already. They I haven't they, said it. But Tony Khan considers the first match the main event and the last match the main event. So who knows? Yeah. I guess we'll leave it up to him. I guess I, so. We'll I have see. faith in him. I have faith in him. He'll make it all make sense. And I just, I just work out i mean he's he's got a pretty good track record of this yes, type he of does. yes he does so well, i trust him it's been real yes it has um you can find me on twitter at jblun23 uh facebook jason wayne blunt senior and as always follow the unscripted violence facebook page Yes, follow that page, guys. Um, you can find me at Stagger Lee on Facebook or Stagger Lee 777 on Twitter. And well, until next week, guys. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Have a good night. All right. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Howdy.